back to another episode of the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany, and on today's episode, I will be discussing my thoughts on the latest Marvel Sony movie, Morbius. So, judging by my tone, I have thoughts about this film. Uh, yeah, okay, let's just dive right into it. So, I saw this movie, like, about four hours ago, at, like, four o'clock at my, uh, at a movie theater. So I wanted to watch it early because, like, any chance I get to watch anything early, I'm going to take my chance on it. And so I went, saw the movie, um, and immediately after the film, I just was, like, waiting for the end credits to start because that is what one does at the end of every Marvel movie. Uh, you wait for the end credits. And I immediately just started jotting down some notes, just jotting down some of my thoughts on this film. And I gotta say, overall, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And mind you, this is just my opinion on the whole film. Uh, Once again, this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode, and that is why I'm going to drop this episode at the end of the month, while the spoilers have passed. Because, my God, uh, it wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is horrible. Like, this wasn't Thor the Dark World. And if you've seen my recent appearance on um, After the Snap, the YouTube channel, uh, you already know I have thoughts on Thor the Dark World. And this is not like that. This is kind of like in the realm of like, and in like, you know, okay. Like, it, it is very much giving like, when I went and saw Doctor Strange. Because, once again, this is another character kind of in the same realm of, like, I, I'm familiar with who this character is, but I don't really know his backstory, nor was I really interested. But I was interested in Morbius because, one, it's a vampire film, and I like most vampire movies. Um, and I was, I was initially interested in this because I like Jared Leto as an actor. I like him as a singer. I like Jared Leto as a person. Even though, kind of recently, he's been very, very odd. But I like him as an actor. I very much do enjoy him as an actor. And I'm probably one of the very few people that actually enjoyed his interpretation of the Joker from The Suicide Squad. But, alas, I was very interested in this film. Um, I was shocked to find out that it got delayed again. But here we are. And the movie's dropping tomorrow, April 1st. I got to watch it early today. Um, which is uh, March 31st. I was going to say April 31st. No such thing. But that being said, let me just dive into some of my thoughts. So very first off, like I said before, I did enjoy the film. It was very good for what it was. I enjoyed most parts of it. There are a couple of parts of it that made me laugh. Like, um, so there was like one scene where he, Michael Morbius got arrested and he's being interrogated and Tyrese's character's partner, uh, has holy water with him. And I'm like, I was laughing cause it's like, really, he's not that type of vampire cause he's supposed to be the living vampire and his DNA is infused with like vampire DNA and he brings holy water. And then like, there's another scene where Martine is being tailed by Tyrese's partner and, um, she ends up on a bus and she meets Michael and they go for coffee to explain everything and what's going on with him. And she like tries to goad him into like moving his hand in the sunlight. And he 
like, snatches his hand back, and he's like, I'm not that type of vampire, Martine, come on. So there was parts in the film that made me, like, laugh and everything like that. And then there were just parts in this film that just was, like, overall just was like, bro, what is, what are we doing here? What, what is this? Who, why? It, it just had me have a lot, it just gave me a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions on this film. But overall, I'd say if you're, if you're interested. So first off, the thing that really, like yesterday when I was like trying to figure out how long this movie was, I had realized this movie is only an hour and 44 minutes, which is, it's not strange. Like I get it. Sometimes some people don't want to watch a movie that's super long. Like the Batman recently just came out and that movie is clocking in at two hours and 56 minutes. Like, you're talking about a three-hour movie versus a movie that'll be over in, like, I don't know, like, if you were, like, to take from my, if you were, like, to take the train from here to here, it's like, man, you, I don't know. I I can't even explain it. It's like, bruh. (laughs) It's bruh. But that was very interesting. And and it definitely shows in this film, like, yeah, it kind of does. Like, it definitely feels like the type of movie that would be over, like, before you know it. Like, this is definitely a movie that you can tell, like, oh, yeah, this definitely feels like it's been an hour and 44 minutes. It just went by quickly. So, let me just dive into what um, some of you are here to listen to. Uh, My critiques on this film. Number one, Matt Smith does not make a very convincing villain in this film. He does not. So... Uh, Matt Smith plays Milo slash Lucian. I don't know. I, I, it totally went over my head why Michael just started calling him Milo for some strange reason. I don't know. It's not really explained why he, because his actual name is Lucian, but Michael, upon meeting him, calls him Milo because the kid before that was in his bed was named Milo, so he's just been naming him Milo ever since, and I'm like, calling this boy my it's not explained there's a lot of stuff going on in this film that isn't really explained they just move to the next plot which is also another thing I really didn't care too much for but yeah like Matt Smith who some of you may know his biggest recognition is playing the doctor in Doctor Who um and among other things as well but it's just like and I know he has it in him to play a villain. Like, I get it. You were playing this guy that everyone loved and you were everyone's favorite doctor for oh so many years. And it's like, then what? It's like, come on now. Like, David Tennant can play a villain. Like, he played the Purple Man in Jessica Jones. You were another Doctor Who character that everyone liked. And you were very much hated. Like, I could believe David Tennant as a villain and the purple man, because that dude was just evil. And, like, you you, you put him in, and he just didn't come off as, like, he, gave, he, he was very much giving off, like, Draco Malfoy vibes. That's what it reminded me of. Because he's very much, like, Matt Smith's character, Lucian, is very much like, I should have been, like, he's very much, like, he, throughout the first part of the film... When they're kids, he never shows any sign of, like, any, like, violence or anger or anything like that. He just seems, like, very mild-mannered and just very tame. And, like, 
you obviously have these two little boys who are going through some things because, like, they have rare blood diseases and everything like that. So it's, like, it's very hard for them to, like, they're very weak and they're very frail and they're very unassuming. So their father figure, I think his name is Nicholas. Once again, my, my, if I'm not paying attention, I just, it is just, but I believe his name is Nicholas. Um, he sends Michael off to this, like, what they call a gifted school for students in New York. And I swear to God, my brain immediately went, X-Men? But no, there's no mention of the X-Men. It's like, it is, I don't know. Maybe somebody can drop some knowledge. Eventually, I'll watch an Easter eggs on YouTube. Watch Mojo's probably got one in the chamber. I'll watch it then, and then maybe it'll, but I immediately thought, X-Men? But no, um... He sends him off and Michael also has this affinity for making origami figures and stuff like that. So he leaves one for Lucian and Lucian ends up reading it and then it flies out of his hand and outside the window and it's being picked up by a bunch of kids who live in the school across from the hospital that Lucian and Michael are in and these kids are making fun of him and they like try and push him and they bully him and then um, Lucian ends up hitting one of the kids with his crutch and he goes down and then the other kids start beating on him and everything like that. And then that's like your first instance of Lucian, like having an act of violence. And I'm like, okay, he's never been violent before. Obviously he has a reason to, because this is something very important to him and his friend gave it to him. But really we're going to use this as an example of why he becomes evil. Like, there's no other instance. Okay. So, next thing you know, you're transported 25 years in the future. Uh, Michael Morbius is now a famed biochemist who is trying, still living with his disease, his rare blood disease. Um, he's very frustrated at it because he feels like he's going to die at one point. We later find out that Milo, a.k.a. Lucian, is still alive as well, still dealing with his blood disease and still being taken after and looked after by their, like, father figure, um, Nicholas. So, it's years into the future and Michael Morby has done about had it. He's, like, very, he's been also working on, okay, I'm not gonna do this. I'm seriously not gonna do this. I'm not doing a full recap. I am not doing a full recap. Just go watch the movie. Um, maybe I'll do a recap. Maybe. But I'm just gonna just give up. I, I realize I'm doing that thing again. Anyway, I'm sorry. Matt Smith, to me, does not come off as like a... He does not come off as a villain to me in any way, shape, or form. He's get very much giving Draco Malfoy, I should have been the one with the power. I should have been this. I should... It's giving very much that. I'll say the least. Because it's, it's like, bruh, like, you, you get to a part in the movie where he's, like, he's supposed to, like, be, like, in his face, like, talking about how he should have been, like, you're just gonna let me die, you're just gonna let me die, like, you, and, and Michael's like, you don't want this, this is a curse, he's like, so what, you're just gonna let me die, and like, what, you giving me this death wish, and it's like, bruh. And then as soon as he swipes the serum that turns him, that turned Morbius into what he is, he immediately just like becomes the 
very formulaic, very run-of-the-mill, like, oh, I'm so powerful now. Now I get to do whatever I want, such as killing random people, because now I have the power to do whatever I want. Why is that so? That's another thing. I'm going to get to in a bit. It's just very formulaic. I will get to it in a bit. Also, just to jump ahead to the formulaic plot, what is it with these Marvel movies giving their villains redeemable qualities? I don't understand. I honestly don't understand. I witnessed it when I saw Venom Let There Be Carnage. How are you going to let the most ruthless, psychopathic, sadistic ass villain in Cletus Cassidy how you gonna turn this man into somebody with redeemable qualities that feel something like I get it his relationship with Scream is the only actual relationship where he actually maybe feels something other than killing wink wink nudge nudge but he actually feels something for Shriek but you then make it like he's fighting with the symbiote like because the symbiote is the one that's in control and the no like the whole purpose of this relationship with him and his symbiote is the fact that they're both psychopathic bloodthirsty killers like how are you gonna make this man have redeemable qualities oh all i wanted was a friend mm. i'm getting angry I'm, I, I don't know why i'm not angry i'm just like bro give me a break give me a break Really? You're going to have Thanos, the dude that destroyed half the population in the snap of, with the snap of his damn fingers. You're going to turn him into a farmer that don't want no violence? Like, really? You just, you killed off half the population. You destroyed millions of people's lives. And you get to just do all this and then just retire and become a farmer and then plead for mercy. Like, do, like I don't think half of you understand the reason why he did what he did in the comics. It was to get with death. The physical embodiment of death. The only reason why he got the Infinity Gauntlet and just got it and got the Infinity Stones was because he wanted to destroy half the world to impress death. Who had a crush on Deadpool, mind you. And mind you, in one of the in one of the versions of the comics, everybody knows the the general consensus of Wade Wilson aka Deadpool they know one of the reasons why he can't die is because he was experimented on in the Weapon X program. Alright, we get all that happy nonsense and all that. But in another version, in the Deadpool versus Thanos version, you get the backstory to that, which is that Thanos cursed Deadpool to not be able to die so he wouldn't end up with death. Because he was jealous of the fact that Deadpool and death had a relationship. And that he couldn't completely die, so that way the suffering would end and he could finally get with death. That was the reason why he decided to destroy half the world. It wasn't for population control. But then the directors and the producers were like, look, if we were going to do that option, we would have to introduce a whole new character. But all I'm just saying is, 
Marvel recently has had a problem, and Sony included, with having their villains have redeemable qualities. This is a guy that stole the serum just so he could live. And then you had him acting all remorseful towards the end when he was about to get injected with that poison. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. It's very formulaic and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Next. There are some pros and cons to having Jared Leto play Michael Morbius. Some pros, he's charming. He Like Michael Morbius is like... You know, his human side, he's very charming, he's very well-liked, he's very opinionated. And, you know, he comes off as a very smart and caring individual. He's very kind of, like, not condescending in, like, a negative way. He's very, like, yeah, okay, laugh at me if you want, but you know I'm right. It's very much that. Like, he's very charming, I'll say that. But man, is this character lacking some emotional depth. Like, we've all seen those whole things when, like, one of the... Like, like, Tom Holland was crying tears when Aunt May died in Spider-Away No Way Home. When she just died right in his arms, he was crying. Fucking Andrew Gar... And I'm I'm sorry for cursing. This is just bringing out a strong emotion out of me. Because this is when I get passionate. Tom, not Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker started tearing up when he caught MJ. And it just, like, the post-trip, you could feel, like, them, the memories and that PTSD coming back. Like, man, I, can, I couldn't save my own girl. I had to save this random dude. I had to save this Peter's girl forever. I couldn't save my own. And he's bawling. He's standing there crying. And he's really letting them tears fall. But Morbius, his, like, like, his his father figure, the person he deemed as a father figure, died right in front of his face. Not a tear was shed. Not near a tear was shed. But next thing you know, his girlfriend's about to die. She's on the brink of death. And what does he do? He has one little instance of crying, and then he just snaps out of it, and then just it just starts growling and then snarling. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> oh my god! I just like the, and it it just felt so wooden and emotionless, and it just like you'll see it. It's very coming off very robotic. And not intentional, like, you can tell, like, there's instances where he is trying to, like, inflict some type of emotion. But it's like, bruh, you're either, and you don't really play tortured well. Like, I get it, you're supposed to be this guy that, like, you didn't want to die, but you also, you you didn't want to die, but you regret what you've become. But you're not really giving me, like... Like, like, it just seems like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I'm very athletic now. I'm, like, like, I was a sickly, like, the, the, like, the heroin wave chic, like, the, that look, like, that very, very thin look. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, he, he beefy. Like, I get it. Like, dark hair. Uh, he, he kind of muscly. <laughs> he's very hot. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front. He is very hot. Jared Leto is a very sexy individual. But it's like, it's like, 
you like the physical aspects of it. But then as soon as you get to the part where you're going to have to consume human blood, that's where he's like, I don't want to do this. I regret what I've done. I'm a monster. It's like, bro, you're not really giving me that tortured soul vibes. You're giving me very much... Oh, yeah, I like my new perks and everything. Kind of sucks that I have to, like, you know, can, I, I have to consume human blood and everything. Like, this this artificial blood that I created only can do so much, you know. But check out how far I can, like, throw this ball and check out how, like, athletic I am. And I can jump bookshelves and hang upside down in my office. Like, oh, this is great. But damn it, why do I have to consume human blood? It's like. Why are you giving me sort of like, you're giving me half and half of the Universal Monster vibes. Like, you're very much giving me that. But I digress. Um, also, I get another aspect I have. I felt like, while watching this movie, the, it felt like something was missing. Like, and looking back, when I was on my way here, like I said, when I was on my way back home to, to have the uh to record this episode like there was a part of me that was like i looked at the watch mojo video and they kind of they always do this when a superhero movie is about to come out they do an origin like the origin of morbius and everything and they play a little bit of the clips from like the trailer and everything and i'm i'm, I'm noticing the trailer and i'm like this scene wasn't in the movie this scene wasn't in the movie this cgi was he's like that he, his face wasn't like that in the movie what's going on here who 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 lying to me there's a lot of deleted scenes in like there's a lot of scenes in the trailer that aren't in the movie and i'm like there's a lot going on there's like because the, one aspect that is ringing in my head right now is like when tyrese's character is like you the dr morbius you've been missing for two months N no that was never mentioned in the film. It's like, he, 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 you get introduced to him. He wins a Nobel Peace Prize. He has, he tells Martine that he's been like experimenting with vampire bat DNA, trying to help with his DNA to like help with his like blood disease and everything. He ends up on that ship, that boat to do his experiment on. It works. He kills a bunch of people. He Martine gets knocked unconscious. She comes out of the 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 supposed coma and now Tyrese's character and his uh partner are looking for Michael Morbius. They find him. He uh pretends that he still needs to use his crutches and he doesn't. He ends up getting stopped and they arrest him. Not once do they mention that that man has been missing for two months. Like, what? What? Or maybe that was missing. I felt like there was a lot of scenes that just kind of... Because it just... It felt like everything was just jumping to the next possible conclusion that makes sense. Like, this is very... Form, it, it, it's very giving... It's very formulaic. Because it jumps from... Him, you've realized what he's doing. It jumps from... You get introduced to what's wrong with him. You then find you then get introduced to the love interest that we all know is gonna happen because they they make it so bloody obvious it's gonna be oh yeah that's the one he's gonna start be, like he's gonna fall in love with that's the one he's gonna fall in love with that's who he's uh gonna be with um yeah 
very formulaic. And then it's like, oh, this is the guy we obviously know. This is going to be the villain. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be the villain. This is the person he's going to end up falling in love with. And, and then she's going to get into some type of trouble because these women always get into trouble in these movies. I swear to God. And then it's like, okay, and then he ends up turning into this creature, blah, blah, blah. He gets questioned. The police don't understand because the police never understand, even though this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in New York City, you got random shit going on every three hours. Really? 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 And they don't even explain that either. They don't even explain, like, oh, like, were you the one that killed this woman? Were you the one that killed the... And then he... Denial. 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 Like, bro, this is ridiculous. Denial. Denial. Whatever. Anyway, it's just... Whatever. Um, okay. So, I, I just felt like there were some aspects of this movie that just felt missing. Um, and then, it just... Like, it didn't feel rushed. It just had the feeling of the movie being rushed. Because I get it. This movie is only an hour and 44 minutes, but yet halfway through it, you're just getting from the next scene to the next scene to the next scene to the next scene. It's like, can you can you give us a breather? And, and then what makes it even crazy, it's not even the feeling of giving us a breather. It's like, can you explain this a little bit more? But they wrap it up to the, they wrap it up to where it makes sense, but you kind of want to see more as to what's going on. And speaking of more, so like I said before, with it being formulaic, of course, the female um, love interest is always the one that always has to be saved. And the female love interest is always the one in the way. And she's the one that's always like going to cause him to like, oh, I, I can't have people around me because they get hurt, too. And she got hurt, too, because she I don't know. I, I don't even know what the hell Lucian did to her in the first place to cause her to start be bleeding. Like, did he bite her on the neck? I'd have to watch this film again, but he was like, I, she's dying, and she's she dies, or we as the audience assume that she's dead. Um, spoiler alert, she's not. So, Morbius is fleeing from the cops again after killing his friend, uh, Lucian. He kills Lucian. So, then you... Um, get transported back. The scene next then goes to Martine, who is on the building, and now she has red eyes, because seemingly, I'm guessing, Morbius then turned her into a living vampire as well. So, maybe she ends up in the sequel. Maybe they're, because, like, they didn't do that thing where it's like, oh, there's going to be a sequel. It's like, no. It's like, okay, well, she may now be a part of the group. I guess. Alright, whatever. Um, but yeah, she ends up inadvertently getting turned into a vampire after being bit. But they don't really... Like, it was just very much like, oh, her eyes are red now. And now she's gonna be in the new movie as well. Um, maybe? I don't know. I honestly don't know what her character is in the comics. But I digress. Next, we're going to get into the part that I really, really wanted to talk about. Uh, the formulaic plot. I don't know what it is about these superhero movies recently, or maybe it's just been a formulaic thing, but I do not understand 
why is it when it comes to these superhero films, why does everything have to be formulaic? Like, why? Why is it that I already know what's going to happen and the movie's not even done yet? Because that's how formulaic it was. It's just like you... And this is how it pretty much was. You get introduced to what's wrong with them in the first place. So, you got... Take uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. The whole thing with uh, Captain America, Sam Rogers, was the fact that he was really skinny. And he had a lot of heart. And he was a good person. And he just wanted to serve his country. Okay. So then, what happens? They witness he's got a lot of heart, and what happens after that? He ends up joining the Weapon X program, which isn't what they call it in the beginning. They He just joins the Avengers Initiative program, or whatever the fuck it's called. And next thing you know, in an act of desperation, because of his weakened body state, he transforms his body. Same thing happened in the Avengers. In the first Avenger. Same thing fucking happens. You got one person who either was a decent human being or a shitty human being, a.k.a. Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie, something traumatic or, yeah, something traumatic happens to either one of these characters, and then they decide, well, except for Tony Stark's character, because he decides to turn his life around. But I digress. What? Sorry. I'm very tired. I've been up since, like, 4 a.m. Anyway. Um, what was I gonna say? It's very formulaic. It's very much because it. it I, I'm I'm betting you. I'm betting you right now. Follow with me. Michael Morbius. You get introduced to his character. You find out what's wrong with him. In an act of desperation, what happens? What happens? Oh, he does some weird hinky experiments with vampire blood. And what else happens after that? He consumes the serum that causes him. To have these heightened abilities such as super strength, super speed. He has echolocation, aka sonar. Not bat radar. Sonar. He has sonar now. And he's able to use echolocation to pretty much track down anybody just by concentrating and breathing. He can find people with his eyes closed if he wanted. But yes. Sorry, I'm yawning. I am super sleepy. (laughs) So, guess what else happens after that? So, the whole purpose of this experimentation was so he, him and his longtime friend Milo can now go about having regular lives and, you know, go about doing regular things that they never thought they could be able to do. Um, as long as they were suffering from this, um, uh, what is it? Debilitating blood disease. So, that happens. So, what happens next? Oh, yeah. The friend swipes the serum and now the friend turns evil. Who didn't see that coming? The best friends always turn evil for these guys. For some strange reason, I didn't want to be... I didn't want to die, so I did the same thing you did. Now you regret it, but I don't because now I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. And then he eventually has to kill his own friend and da, 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 da. But the, another thing that's very, very formulaic, it's very much this hero's mentality. So, almost halfway through the movie, uh, Michael Morbius is, like, doing some type of serum, and Martine, his, like, now newly minted girlfriend or whatever, 
because they did a kiss on top in the rain. It wasn't even in the rain. They did a kiss on top of the rooftop on where he was hiding and blah, blah, blah. It was, and then what makes it even crazy to me is how they ended up getting together. It's not anything romantic. It's just like him telling her, hey, close your eyes. And they get closer and then he kisses her. Like, really? That's as simple as it is? Okay, whatever. Do your, uh, do your thing. I get it. Like, they obviously had a thing for each other and he cares a lot about her and she cares a lot about him. But that was the most simplest way you saw two of these characters getting together. Like, just come closer and they kiss and that's it. I, so aside from that, it is he was like he was putting together this like concoction that's deadly for bats as well as deadly for humans and he was very much giving off those vibes of like I if I have to stop her if not her if I have to stop him I got to stop myself too cuz I don't want this I don't want to be feeding off of people and da, da 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 that's like bruh it's a vampire bat you didn't think this was going to happen with a vampire bat Next time you want to do some hinky shit with vampire D- with bat DNA, get a fruit bat. There. That'll save you some time. Save you some goddamn uh, regret and, and responsibility or whatever. I don't care. I, I'm being goofy. I'm just very delusional because I'm very tired. But I digress. I just felt like it was very much a form- formulaic plot. You got the spoiled friend. And then on top of that, how do we not know why his friend is rich in the first place. We don't know what happens to them 25 years later. We know that Michael becomes a biochemist, a famed biochemist, who apparently told the uh, prime minister of Sweden to F off during his, like, uh, speech or whatever when they awarded him the Nobel Peace Prize and he told them to go screw themselves. Whatever. But yeah, it's just... It's just very formulaic. Like, you could tell what was going to happen at the end. Like, you knew Miles, not Miles, Milo was going to be the, the villain in all this. Because it's like, who else was it going to be? Nicholas? Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be Nicholas, but there was just no correlation at all. So, it just had to be uh, Lucian. So, yeah. Uh, Next, I mean, this could tie in with... Something felt like it was missing. Um, I gotta say, there was not enough meat on this bone for it to... I, I get, like, looking back on it and looking at reviews and looking at articles, like, I get it. A lot of people were, like, stating, and by a lot of people, I mean just from this one article I found, uh, they were stating, like, you know, the whole purpose of this film was to build up the Sinister Six. And it kind of was like, yeah, like, I think that's one of the reasons why they took it so easy. And that's why I felt like there was just not enough flushed out. It's like, we know what this is. This is just to get us over the hump so we can introduce the Sinister Six. Never mind everything else. You know, a cohesive story. You know, some plot holes that never got filled and anything like that. Like, you could have you could have easily told us what was going on with that, but you didn't. You honestly didn't, and you gave us this, and it's like, all right, well, okay, fine, I guess we'll take this, even though we didn't really want it, but this this film was very much like, the whole purpose of this film was just to build on the Sinister Six, and that was it. There's no flushing out of these characters, there's no actual depth or emotional depth to these characters, it's just like, hey, 
we need to get to point A to point B, and this film does it. So, if you don't like it, we don't give a shit. Uh, next. Uh, this one is more of a question for me as opposed as a criticism. It's like, and I and I very much would like to hear everyone else's thoughts on it, or at least read everyone else's thoughts on it, whichever medium. Um, did the delay of this film have anything to do? Or, like, maybe affected the overall hype of this film. Because I don't know that many people that were, like, clamoring for the... Like, it may be some small-time fans who were clamoring for this type of film. But I feel as though, like, a lot of people were not expecting this to, like, eventually come back. Sorry. Sorry. Like, I don't think a lot of people were, like, I mean, maybe, like, those small-time Morbius fans that were excited to see this film, but it's very much, like, giving, oh, this is definitely the film that's just gonna get us to the Sinister Six, never mind the constant delays, because I feel as though that was one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't like the New Mutants either, because it had veered, since it was delayed so many times, it had veered off the original track of what this film was supposed to be. And you can see that in the trailers as well. Like, in, in the trailers, half of the trailers, none of the stuff involved in the trailers actually happened in the movie, which was kind of disappointing, because it's like, why are, it, it's very much giving off disappointment, because it's like, why are we even, why did we even get here? Like, how did we get here? Why did we get here? It's very much giving off those vibes as far as like did so just to circle back, I don't think just like the film getting delayed like ruined the film for me or anything like that. I think at the end of the day, I think my opinion was just not going to change because of how this movie was just given to us. Like there wasn't that relatively much hype about this film coming out. But we all knew it was coming out. It was just a matter of when. So, that's my sort of thoughts. I don't really think the delay of the film affected the film itself. I just think that the like delay of the film is what killed its momentum. So, that's my opinion on that. Next. Uh... I don't know why Tyrese's character was in the film. Like, if you really wanted some dude just randomly staring, not even staring, just stayed, just standing there, just like, like, like he has this look on his face, like, his, like his dog, like he stepped in dog poo and he's disgusted and he can smell it. Like that's what it's. I don't know why that came. Oh man, I am very delusional. But no, it's just. I don't, like, his character was just standing around, just squinting and looking angry the whole purpose of the film. He barely had any lines, and he's just standing there looking like he's, like, waiting for the mailman to come after they didn't said they delivered your package, and they didn't. Like, he's just very much giving that. I was like, bruh, what is going on? Why are you here? What is your purpose in this film? And that that was one thing. Like, they just did one offhanded, like, explanation as to, like, oh, like, I I was in, in I was in Afghanistan, I was gonna lose my arm, but you're, like, 
and he's telling this to Dr. Morbius because he has him apprehended. He's like, yeah, like, I, I really appreciated, like, your, um, I, I really appreciated, I don't know where I was going with that thought. I honestly don't know where I was going with that thought. But, anyway, I just don't understand why his character was there. Like, you could, like, he, he he didn't really say anything that whole entire part of that movie. He was just standing around, squinting, and trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Michael Morbius. Whether it was true or not. I just, I guess. But, my, uh, lasting thoughts on this film was, like I said, it flowed really well. Um, I enjoyed Jared Leto as this character, but there was an emotional depth I felt like was missing. And uh, eventually, in the end credit scenes, you realize that Dr. Morbius is now on the run because he's officially an anti-hero. Um, halfway into the um, the sequence, not the sequence, but in the scene, uh, the, what is it? the end credit scene, uh, you see that he is talking to Vulture and they may be, like, trying to work together even though everyone knows the Vulture is evil. It's very... he You, as a fan of this, and we he doesn't know, obviously, that, you know, uh, the Vulture is evil. And they start mentioning, like... Of course, they start mentioning, like, Spider-Man and I, the Daily Bugle and Venom and everything and like that's all fun and it, dandy and everything. But overall, I enjoyed the film for what it was. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily give it a low score just for giving it a low score. Like the CGI gets a little bit annoying and the slow motion gets annoying halfway through. But other than that, like it was a pretty decent film. I mean, I, I did, once again, I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was good either. So there's that. There's my opinion on that. Could they have gotten a little bit, like, flushed out? Like, I feel like there was a lot of plot holes in this film. Like, one of the plot holes was, like, why is it such a big deal? Like, we don't know how much Lucian is making. We honestly don't know, like... What's going on with Martine? And it's like, are we just going to continue watching? Like, are we just going to continue with this story and you just leave a bunch of plot holes? Like, the whole thing with, like, uh, one of the friends, and it was like he got decapitated. Next thing you know, he's got somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Did I enjoy the film? Yes. Could it have been better? Yes. Is my opinion wrong? Sure. My opinion could be wrong. Yeah, I, I don't really... Yeah, it could be wrong. But I just felt like, man, it's like out of... I don't know. Maybe it was because the, the way the trailers made it look and just the overall story was interesting of this character. But I'm starting to realize a lot of these character stories are pretty much our stories. Because it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm rambling again because I'm tired. But yeah, I overall I thought the film was great. Could it have been better? Yes. I do have my critiques on this film. And some of them 
maybe not um, as major as anybody else or, like, who overly, like, hates the film because of what's going on, and I've never been like that. I don't have the patience to try and, like, I really don't have the patience to try and argue with people over opinions, but I digress. Uh, I enjoyed it. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be funny. It's very, very, it's not even all that funny, to be honest with you. There's, like, a couple of funny parts, but I, that's yeah, I think I'm going to wrap this up because I think I'm going to go to sleep. Because I'm legit trying not to fall asleep while recording this. And it's, be, it's getting more and more difficult. Anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah, this episode is not coming out for another probably a couple of weeks. But if you did enjoy the film, please let me know. You can uh, DM me on Twitter at roll underscore martyr underscore x. On Twitter, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at RollMartyrX. That is Roll, like, uh, Roll Model. Uh, it's kind of like Roll Model X, but it's Roll Martyr. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, you can find me on those platforms on social media. Uh, you can also, like, leave me a message through the Anchor app if you're listening through Anchor. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts from. Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a uh, comment. Uh, You can rate the episode. You can tell me I suck. I really don't give a shit. But I'm supposed to do all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, like, comment, share. You can leave me a voice message through um, uh, Anchor. The link is in the description. And yeah. Go check me out. I'm trying to grow this podcast as humanly possible because I'm having fun doing this. Minus when I'm falling asleep trying to record podcast episodes, but I, uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I will catch all of you in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>